Hey, Peter. Hello, Mark. From across the world. Yeah, well, uh, two weeks in a row, it's just you and me. <laughs> I know. I'm going to joke about me. It's a, it's a small miracle of consistency here based on my last season. So, <laughs> Well, unfortunately, we are Chrysalis again you know, yeah. this week. You know, Chris has uh, got some other things. He's, he's uh, Tending uh, to. recovered, recovered, yes, thank uh, you recovering Lord. well. Uh, so we're pleased about that, but he's got something else that um, uh, he's he's up to. So uh, we we miss him, but I would anticipate next week he'll be he'll be back. Yes. And, uh, After you guys have a wonderful to... time and with the Labarge Conference, Labarge, Wyoming. Yeah, I wish I could be there, but um, I'll I'll get to be there. Um, so via Zoom. Uh, yeah. Yeah via zoom and uh in fact actually it's um yeah i know you guys are via but you know we're via (laughs) via via you know it's like tomatoes and tomatoes yeah um so anyway um so yeah looking looking forward to that i think it's uh uh, very um timely we'd love to have been there yeah it's really interesting when this first started i thought i was going to miss one i know and i was upset that i was going to miss one yeah. Then you know two, and now this is the third one. Three. Yes. I'm just I'm beyond. <laughs> I'm happy about it, but yeah. you know, it's the well, way things. Yeah, the way things and are. as you're saying that, you know, we were talking before about. I remember the first day that I that I even heard of COVID, I could feel the spirit of fear come over our city. You know, Columbus is a city of about two million people, yeah. and I don't think about atmospheres a whole lot. Um, but they exist, you know, we drive out of the city and you can feel just that the atmosphere around about you is just simpler, you know, and I love cities. stuff happens in them, but there's also a lot of stuff happening in them. And, but I could feel that spirit of fear come over our city so strongly that I wrote a letter to like a pastoral letter to our church that night by email, just to encourage them, you know, and it's one of those things that, you know, I would feel like, oh, I'm strong in faith. I'm not going to come under fear. Like, you know, God's not giving me a spirit of fear. And, you know, that was a good enough, I got, but why was the Lord encouraging me about it then? You know, and I think what happens is that for a couple days or a couple weeks of that, I was way on top of that, even maybe a couple months of that. But I started to think in recent times, how much have I become used to fear? How much I've had become used to little trepidation? How, how much is there some, some residue from this extended season and you know, and I, I think that when you talk with Mark and Tammy Hawkins, I feel like you really spoke to that recently. Mm. And I think that there's there's really a, a tendency for despair to start to creep in a little bit, hope to kind of be removed a little bit, fear to become sort of like uh, not something that's easy to put away, but almost something I'm living with a little bit, you know. And um, and I think mm. that that's really something the Lord's wanting to speak to his his children about in this season. And, you know, you said you missed one conference. No, no thought that it could be possible to have to miss the following year, too. And it's like, here's three in a row, you know, know. and I think that for for many of us, God's God is recognizing like, hey, you've been in this situation that's been prolonged, you know, difficulty that's been prolonged circumstances that have been harder than we've experienced in many years and and, in a prolonged way. And I think that he's wanting to recalibrate us. And I think he's wanting to help us see outside of that and to, to bring us out of that in this time. I was, um, 
you know, I had a particular scripture running around in my head for a while. I mean, I have a few of them, but you know how you can, you sort of hear something and you know it's there, and then you get into a time when you actually look at it, you know, and begin to, yep. you know, to, to focus more intently on it. Yep. And so it comes from 2 Corinthians, um, and it's chapter 2, and it's a verse 11. And so Paul is, you know, talking about, He'd previously been talking about forgiveness, you know, forgiving. Uh, and we, we know how powerful it is to operate in the yeah. opposite spirit, you know, how the enemy wants okay. to wants to keep us in a particular view. view. And, and yeah. often um, the sort of the standard view, you know, which people would not be um, upset mm-hmm. with you if you live like that, you know, like you hear the words, well, you're justified, you know, you're justified yeah. in holding that, that these people did this to you, you know, all yeah. those sorts of things. Yeah. And so he, he's really addressing that and saying, no, 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 forgive. Yeah. You know, and then he goes on in verse 11, you know, just to, to, and this is sort of um, his words, but I've just put it in a, in, you know, in a sort of a different tense, perhaps, um, you know, Satan takes advantage of us when we're ignorant of his devices. Mm-hmm. And that word devices there really means something like purpose or, you know, what, it, what he's up to. Yeah. Um, and so the, 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 the ignorance um, really can, can be, um, you know, the, 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 the Greek word when you, when you examine it is, is really things like um, uh, to ignore through disinclination. Mm. You know, I, I, I just can't be bothered. You know, I'm not interested. I'm yep. not interested in what he's up to. I'm not interested in what he's doing. Um, it's, you know, it's sort of like a denial sort of um, thing. You know, I don't, you don't understand is another mm-hmm. sort of another version of that. Yeah. And I, I think that what we have to do is to be careful that we're not blaming him for everything. Yeah. But at the same time, we have to be not on the other end of this where we're not interested yep. in what he's doing. Yes. So yep. there's somewhere in between where we are aware of what the enemy's up to. Yes. Yeah, you know, where we can identify, and we don't become captive to it. Mm-hmm. You know, we we just aware. You know, like yeah. Well, this is all about fear. Yes. You know, this is all yes. about control. This is all about these sorts of things. This is what this is what the enemy, um, you know, um, is up to. And of course, you know the the very opposite of the the Greek words that are used to really have to do about exercising the mind and considering mm-hmm. and perceiving and you yep. know thinking about it in thought and feeling mm-hmm. and and what are you going to do with it you know mm-hmm. sorts of you know sorts of things and um, you know I, I think it's I think it's really important to to be aware of what he's been up to. We know that fear is a very classic one, but mm-hmm. I, I think that it's really, you know, behind that, I think it, what it's, what it's, what it's about is to bring the church into a place where it's not able to do or not uh-huh. able to be yep. what it is. You know, it's like, yeah. for instance, Jesus was really, really clear when he said that you and I 
we all are salt and light. Yep. Now, both of those things mm-hmm. are very, they're very simple. They're very simplistic in some respects, but they, they're profound. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, when you examine, uh, okay, salt, now what, what, what does salt? Well, you know, everybody knows that it seasons, you know, everybody knows that it preserves. Yeah. Um, everybody knows that, but, but the reality is that when salt is attached or salt comes into the proximity of things, uh-huh. like if you take salt and put it a little bit of salt into water, the water becomes salty. Yep. Right. It, it doesn't, it doesn't, the, the water doesn't overshadow the salt so that you can't take any, t- there's no salt in yep. there. All the meat that you put the salt on doesn't turn around and say, no, you know, yep. I, I will be more meatier. No, it's, it's more salty. Yep. It's because what Jesus was communicating is that we are meant to happen to things. Mm-hmm. And so the enemy can't change that, but he can convince us that we're not salty. Yeah. That, you know, nothing happens when we walk into a room, you know, the, 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 the darkness stays there. Mm-hmm. You know, he can convince us that we are yep. insignificant, that we've got nothing to offer, nothing to do, that we're not worthwhile and we're not worthy and, you know, all of those sorts of things. And, and and the main thing that he does is to have us focus upon that things happen to us. Yeah. You know, stuff happens. Things happen. It's always mm-hmm. happening. It's always happening to us. You know, we're insignificant. We don't have the money. We don't have the resources. We don't have the ability to make the change and all of those sorts of things. And they are all, of course, lies, but they're very yeah. real. Yeah. Yes. They're very real feelings. Hmm. You know, it's interesting that you're talking about this because, like you said, right before this verse of, you know, uh, lest Satan should take advantage of us, advantage of us for not ignorant of his devices. Like you say, he was talking about forgiveness. Now, wh- whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if I indeed, if I have forgiven any- anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ, you know, lest Satan should take advantage of us. You know, one of the things that you um, have taught me is this idea that when you forgive, you also step out of a victim mentality. And that's one of these little deceptions of the enemy. That that sometimes if we stay in a place of unforgiveness, you know, we all know unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping that it hurts someone else. That is yeah. true. Sometimes there's things that are so catchy like that, though, that we think that we have the totality of the revelation about something just because we can, we can you know, re- repeat something like that. But there's other elements of unforgiveness. And one of them is this little nuance of like, if if I can't forgive someone or something, even if I can't just forgive the fact that it was a tough season, I'm actually bringing myself into a place of victimhood. And now I'm redefining who I am to be in line with holding an offense, in line with being in a place of unforgiveness, instead of being more than a conqueror through him who loved me. You know, so I think that 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 is one of the places that it's almost like um, some time ago, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and he said, worry is gossip against my goodness. You know, it's like when when I come into a place of worry, it's almost like I'm gossiping with another voice up against the goodness of God. But we can be convinced that we're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Like I would have despaired unless I had believed mm-hmm. I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And there's something, mm-hmm. you know, I've been thinking recently about the original lie to Adam and Eve you know, specifically to Eve. And it really does come back to the goodness of God pretty amazingly. 
you know, obviously they had fear and shame and those sorts of things after they sinned. They had, um, you know, kind of taking it into their own hands and disobedience that, you know, was the sin. But the actual temptation was to doubt the goodness of their father, you know, like he and, and, and so I think about that and I'm like, wow, the, the first place that we derail is not recognizing and acknowledging the goodness of God in a given situation. And it starts to make me think if that was the first place they derailed, now Romans 2 makes a lot more sense where it says the goodness of God leads us to repentance. So is it possible that every mind change, you know, somewhere in this process, we have to get back to acknowledging the goodness of God. And I think that sometimes, go ahead. Well, well, Romans 28, 28. Yeah. You know, in that God is working everything together for good to his, his goodness. Yes. And so what, what he's trying to do, what Paul is trying to do there is to remind us that even bad stuff that takes place, even the difficult stuff, what he's trying to do is, is saying, listen, I, I understand this from David, but so I want you to, to be looking at where is, where's the goodness of God in this? Wow. Look for the goodness of God in this. Look, look for where, how, how he's working this together for good. Mm. Because when, when, you, when you focus upon what is wrong and what is not taking place, I've been there. I, I, I do it far easier than I, than I would like to admit. Um, and and what, I, what I'm doing is that I'm, I'm actually exalting the work of the enemy. I'm actually yes. exalting that what he's done or what I've done or I'm exalting the bat. I'm not doing what Paul has told me to do and what God look wants me to do is to go looking for the goodness. Fine. Okay, where is God in this? Mm. What's he up doing? So that's that's the balance when we're talking about, okay, I don't want you to be unaware yep. that Satan is going to use this to his advantage. I don't want you to be unaware of his schemes. I don't want you to be unaware of what he's up to. But what I do want you to do is that I want you to look for my goodness. I want you to look Come how on. I'm working this together for good. Come I on. want you to put expectation. I want you to add faith to it. And I want you to start looking, okay, where's the goodness in this? Mm. It's got to be here somewhere. Well, is it possible, you know, that, that, that finding the goodness of God is so much operating in the opposite spirit? You know, that's... Oh, yeah. This is... This is, you know, because we know that forgiveness, the opposite spirit of unforgiveness would be to operate in forgiveness. I mean, that's kind of mm -hmm. obvious. But mm -hmm. even that, though, sometimes, you know, you're like, but why can't I get there? You know, and, and that becomes sort of this thing of like, oh, you know, am I realizing that I've been exalting what didn't happen or what went wrong mm -hmm. or how hard that was or whatever, instead of like you said, actually God's been weaving this together for good for me. And can I let yeah. that become bigger in my mind? You know, I remember uh, probably 12 years ago, you were in Columbus and you were talking about the magnifying glass. You know, you can't make God bigger with a magnifying glass. He's still the same size he is, but he can get bigger in your sight. Oh, magnify yeah. the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And I yeah. feel like that, you know, so often the goodness of God, part of the path forward is worship. In this season, mm -hmm. part of the path forward out of, you know, I don't have this in the logic, but I've just been feeling in the spirit part of the path forward out of this season 
is worship. Like there is, there is a praise pathway out of some of this thing. And, you know, Mark, we both know, because uh, we're friends, that one of the ways you tend to function is you'll get words far ahead of time, um, you know, prophetic words for the body of Christ far ahead of time. And um, yeah. so some of them are like ready for some people right then. And other times they're ready for other people. You know, it, you might be saying something that's two or three years from being the right thing, you know, the right timing for some people, but the seeds are being sown. And I remember at Labarge some, some years ago, you were talking single barren, you who've not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You've not labored with child for the children of the desolate are more than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. And then enlarge the place of your tent. But you can't get to the enlarging part. You can't get to the building part. You can't get to the expansion part until you start to sing aloud in a season that doesn't circumstantially look like you have any business to sing in. And I think that we're in that moment. We're in that yes. moment very much that you were prophesying at the time and that, that there's a singing and there's a praising, there's an acknowledging of the goodness of God in the face of difficulty. That's it's, it's not sense. It's not sensible in the natural. It's almost counter to the circumstance, 180 degrees. And yet it's the seed in the pathway yep. spiritually into yep into the into the increase into the building into the into the expansion yeah i mean when you look at it there are so many incidences um and and we still ex you know we still get it today particularly from a prophetic place and you prophesy something you know like if for instance um mm -hmm. uh, I, I mean isaac I, isaac is not <laughs> an agriculturalist Mm -hmm. right? He's 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 not a he's not an agricultural person, and yet in the midst of a famine, in the midst of failed crops, mm. in the midst of nothing growing, nothing growing uh, that is bringing forth food for them, uh, you know he plants a harvest. Yep. yep. And in the famine, he reaps that harvest. You know, it's just like, okay, he's got the word of the Lord to do something, but this everything around about him is is contrary mm -hmm. to that word. Yep. You know, you, you mean you have Abraham. Abraham has this promise for God for years. I, I think mm -hmm. something like twenty five years, and the the circumstances just get worse. Oh. Right around about for the fulfillment of that from a logical sense. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the problem that we that we often um, experience is that logic gets in the way of mm -hmm. faith. Yeah. Now, logic is meant to serve faith. That's good. Right? I mean, I love, I love Dr. Carolyn Leith, a, a neuroscientist. Yeah. Um, I love her work. Because I heard her once say that in her research, she would never release her research that she found out of logic, out of out of testing, out of mm. all of that sort of stuff. If it didn't, if she couldn't find it in the Word. Come on. She would only ever release that research and the things that she found where she could find it where uh, the faith. truth, yes. the truth in in the word, so that she could release both of those. Here's what I found: neural pathways. 
I've found that you have to create new pathways, new yep. neural pathways, because it aligns in the word about taking the thoughts captive. Yep. And that's how you do it. Because scientifically, I can show you this is what it looks like. Come on. So, so there's great power in agreement. There's great yes. power when you come into agreement with, with what God is saying. And so there are things that we serve that are meant to serve us. That's so good. Yep. 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 And and I think that's what Jesus, I mean, Jesus really set the scene for all that we ever get to talk about from the very first words that he begins his ministry, which is not surprising, really, you know, because, you know, he he was very intentional with his words because he was the word mm -hmm. <laughs> you know the word became flesh yep and and so in the very beginning of his ministry and people people miss this because you know they they just miss it and he says he said repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand mm. or it's near so what he's yep. saying is look the kingdom's a lot closer than you realize the Come kingdom on. is all around about you. The kingdom is within you. It's really close. It's just that you don't recognize it. You don't see it. That's good. And the reason that you don't see it is because your thinking is not yet in a place where it can receive that. So you will have to change the way that you think. Come and on. I want you to understand it's not just an event. It's something as a lifestyle. So you're yeah. going to be having this all the time. Now, let me show you, and he spent the next three years mm -hmm. showing what needs to change in our thinking. Yes, yes, yes. You know, everything he taught about was the kingdom looks like this, or he says, you know, this is what, this is what it looks like to be blessed. You know, this is, this is the, and he confronted time and time again with all concepts that we have established and what we've taken hold of. I mean, you, you see the work of the enemy because soon after him saying, you know, change the way you think, he, he's, he goes into the into the wilderness, and the enemy attacks three major areas. Yeah. Yep. Um, and Jesus doesn't even fight on it. Jesus just like says, you know, is that the best you've got? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not even going to mention yep. it. But what I will tell you, this is what you know. Man doesn't live by bread alone. Yeah. You know, these these are the key. These are the key responses. Come on. Because it, it it's not. Not even worth me arguing with you or, or addressing yes. your yep. you yes. know, in, in effect your rubbishy thinking. Yeah. But, but but that's what the enemy was always gonna try to do. Yep. Is that he's gonna try to convince us that what we already have we don't have. Yep. Right? And he's gonna try and convince us to focus upon what's going on. Yep. And they come to come to embrace anxiety and worry and fear, mm -hmm. all of his nature. That's what he wants. Yep. Right? He wants us embracing as normal his yep. nature. Yes. And so, you know, that's what the fight is about. Mm. Because if you can take the nature of something, then you become like something. Right, yeah. so that's why God is wanting us to look for the good, because mm -hmm. that's His nature. God is good. Yes, He wants yeah. us to be generous because He's generous. Yes, not because that's just something we'll do or 
we get the return of or whatever else it is. All that's part of it. Come but he, he wants us to be generous because he's generous. He wants us to be us to be abundant because he's abundant. He wants us to be, you know, um, loving because he's love. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he wants us to be forgiving because he's forgiven. You know, all yeah. of these sorts of things he wants us to be. And that's and the interesting thing about it is you actually have to be intentional and fight for that. Yeah. Whereas there's little resistance, no resistance whatsoever to be of the nature of the enemy. Wow. That's right. That's right. You know, one of the things that as we're talking about this, we started with, um, you know, when we don't want Satan to take advantage of us. So we don't want to be ignorant of his devices. And we talked about we are aware of them. We're not captive to him, you know. But one of the things and we're talking about the goodness of God. One of the things that I just want to release is that God intends to redeem every place where Satan has attempted something. Um, God, God launches Jesus's ministry out of Satan's temptations. You know, that's the classic example. Peter in many ways matured substantially in his ministry, having been tempted and having denied Christ. Like God got in there, worked that together for good and outcomes a Peter that's so much more humble than he had ever been when walking with Christ for three and a half years. And I was just struck by this recently. I've read Isaiah 54 so many times in my life, but it just hit me different than it ever hit me before. God says, behold, I've created the blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work. Mm -hmm. It's like the difficulty of my life or this situation or whatever difficulty God's actually forging me into the instrument for his work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the, it, it hit me. It's like, wow, God is actually preparing me. And, you know, I think I might be even, maybe I didn't see it before because it's like a different reading of it, but that mm-hmm. is what happens in the difficulties of life. God is actually working them together for good. And one of the mm-hmm. things I think that God wants to redeem is that, I don't know how to say this best, but oftentimes the thing is difficult for me because I still need transformed. And once I'm transformed, that thing's not difficult for me in the same way anymore. And I look back, you know, I I can fly through things now. There would have been 10 things in my day to day that would have derailed me 10 years ago, earlier in my walk with Christ. And now I fly through those and there's a few things that are harder And as I gain mastery of those with the Lord, now I'm a sharper instrument for him. And I've got more joy of the Lord. I'm more focused on him. I'm able to praise him through difficulty, whatever it is, I'm strengthened in him. And I think that one of the things that God wants to redeem is is where the enemy's devices have been working. You know, God has a redemptive plan for every one of those situations. We know that, that part of the redemptive plan is he says in every temptation, he provides a way out. And so a lot of times, even before we get headlong into a situation that's difficult, the Lord's like, hey, hey, over here, take the off ramp, you know, like, here's a thought. And one of the things I'm constantly asking Holy Spirit with that is I'll ask him, what is your truth pathway out of this lie? You know, like, because I'll think my, my natural mind will think that I know X, Y, or Z about this, but I'll notice that why isn't X working this time? And the Lord's like, I want to teach you a new facet. Will you listen to me? 
let me teach you about PQ&R, you know, these other truths that also are part of what breaks that stronghold of thought, you know, or part of what creates freedom over here, part of what ministers liberty, right? And so it's not that I, I disregard what he's taught me before. Often he'll bring to remembrance what he's taught me before, but sometimes it'll be something that's new. And it's like, oh, thank you, Lord, that's new. And so he's wanting to lead us out of that and strengthen, it, strengthen us through that. It's like, it's almost like, you know, you could picture a mad, angry football team on the other sideline wanting to scream insults, hurl insults and beat up, beat up your team if you were a coach. And you're like, okay, if they want to be like that, that's fine. But my guys are going to go out there and just get stronger for it. You know, they're going to come, they're going to come back stronger from this, you know, and this reality that the blacksmith is blowing these coals to a fire, but it's actually bringing forth an instrument for God's work. And um, so I just yeah. want to release that word of faith um, over anybody that's listening to this now or later and over myself. If there's been difficult situations, if there's been a place where the Satan's been working his devices, God actually wants to redeem that. And partly and what I want to release the faith for is that he wants to redeem it where you're going to come out of this stronger, more honed, more sharpened, more ready for use than you've ever been before. And that difficulty actually becomes the furnace that proves you and prepares you for the next season. Yeah, I, I think that um, uh, it's a very significant word that you just wrote because I think it's a reminder that uh, in Act 1, 8, it says you shall receive power mm. when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I, I think we're really good at just declaring mm. that without realizing that you, we have received power. Mm. What are you empowering is the question uh, now. Wow. What, what things are you empowering? Um, and what you're talking about is, guys, you need to see this from a perspective that you are attributing the right glory to it, that you are, whatever's happening in your life, you are attributing the correct, to the correct person, to the correct Come on. reality of something, the purpose of something. That when you see, you know, because the next verse goes on to say, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Yes. We love taking that verse and just think, but in the in the context of what he was saying was, um, hey, you know, um, the the blacksmith is is doing something here. Mm -hmm. And how you're seeing it as a weapon against you, but it can't prosper. It can't prevail. <laughs> yes. You know, so so what are you empowering? Mm. You know, what are, what are you giving authority over? What are you giving authority to? What things are you empowering? And I think that, you know, all of us are, are, are throwing off a victimized thinking. Yep. I think we're all still continuing to do it. Oh, yes. Um, it's the same with an orphan mindset. You know, that's we, we, we are, you know, we're all becoming better at that. Um, because we are being transformed from glory to glory. We are being transformed continually. It's a process that we'll keep living in, you know, until we're out of this world and we're in, you know, mm -hmm. completely different environment. Um, and, and so I think that that's a really key, key thing is that God is once again reminding us, where are you looking? Yeah. What are you looking at? 
Come on. What are you empowering? Mm. What are you giving authority to? You know, um, because I I want you, I want you mm. to be experiencing who I am. Mm. You know, and I think that's what Jesus was saying right at the very beginning. Mm. You know, and I think those words are clearer for us today, more important mm. for us today than I think at any other time. They've always been performed. But, you know, this season that we're in right now is the greatest move of the kingdom, right? The ki the, the kingdom of God advances and it's the forceful um, yeah. who are, you know, who are going to take, take it, right? That's, there's a, there's a violence by force of yep. the kingdom. Yep. Um, and we're not talking about a right. We're talking about an intentionality. Mm-hmm. Yep. But there's an opposition. There's an enemy. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and he doesn't know any other thing than to be the enemy. <laughs> so true. Right? He's the enemy of our soul. He's the enemy yep. of our future. He's the enemy of our destiny. He's the enemy of yep. all of this thing. thing. And, and he can't be anything other than the enemy, but we can't be, well, we should not be anything other than a son or daughter of God. Yes. Come on. Come on. You know? There's temptation to be other things. Yes. Yes. And sometimes it's easier that we, we get into a victimized thinking or all mm -hmm. of those sorts of things. And that's what we're doing is reminding people, yep. and reminding ourselves. And we're yep. actually reminding ourselves first of 100%. all, and then we're reminding people. Exactly. Um, th that this is the call. We you know, this, is the, this is what God is saying. God is saying, look for my goodness. That's it. That's it. Look That's for it. my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Because it, it achieves far more than you realize. Like you said, you know, one of our favorite scriptures that we go back to so often is what David said. I would have given up. I would have despaired. I would have That's laid it. down and That's said, it. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. If I'd not believed that I'd see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You know, I, I feel strongly. This is this is what's going on. We're not unaware of Satan's devices. And right now, there, there are lots of devices. He's got lots of devices, obviously. But it's helpful when you recognize which one is so prevalent because then you can go to war against that. I think that by the Spirit of God, we are highlighting a major device in the earth right now that Satan's using, which is this whole thing of... That's it. I'm not even going to say what it is. It's combated by looking for the goodness of God. It's the despair factor. It's, 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 that's the device right now that I think is perhaps the strongest. And you can just see it's just ramped up like a bit more, a bit more. And now it's inflation. And now it's this. And now there's a new one of this. And by the way, there's killer wasps too. And, but we would have despaired unless we had believed we'd see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So it's like, I think that that is a divine strategy right now to operate in the opposite spirit and to come into the place, you know, looking for the goodness of God, choosing to worship, choosing who we're magnifying, choosing what we're empowering. And if we can make those sorts of choices, I think it's going to position us as we've been talking about to build in this next season, yeah. to position us to really move into a yeah. place of building. Well, we, we, we know that like attracts like, right? We know that birds of a feather, they flock together. Uh, those sorts of sayings. Um, the reality is that you know um things attract like 
mm-hmm. you know, and so that when you start to actually fight the fight and you're looking for the goodness of God and you yep. start finding the goodness of God, then what you find in the midst of the opposition that will come against you, you'll start to see goodness. You'll mm. start to find goodness. You'll start to find good in things. You'll start to find where God's at work. Yes. Um, what we've been subjected to for the mm. last two and a half years is fear. Fear, yep. fear, 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 fear. And so it's not too difficult to find something mm-hmm. that's yep. the next fear thing. Yes. Whether it's, you know, <laughs> that, and, and it's not to say they're not, it's not real situations. Yes. They, they are very real. They are factual. Yes. They are sort of thing. But what we do is that we empower them mm. with a spiritual empowerment. Right, yes. so we add fear to it. Oh, you know, if it's not one thing, it's another. It was this, and now it's this, and now it's this, and now it's this. And so, what we do is we lock ourselves into the reality of that rather than to be able to say, Okay, I'm aware of this, I'm aware yep. of this scheme. This is what yep. the enemy's up to. I'm not going to be a part of it. Yes, yes, right. I'm going to learn how to manage this because I'm looking for the goodness of God. Show yep. me the goodness. Where yeah. are you in this, Father? What are you up to in this? And you know, and we've said this so many times. What's interesting is Randy Clark does so much teaching around how to <laughs> people's healing. And what I love about his teaching is that he's trained thousands upon thousands of people to train pray for healing. So he's learned through like almost scientific data a few like tricks about praying for healing. One of them that he taught that made a yes. difference for me is this, he says, if you lay hands on someone and pray for them and the pain, let's say was in their shoulder. And as you pray for them, they say, you say, how's your shoulder? They said, it's better, but now my elbow hurts. And you're like, uh, what? Like how did your elbow hurt before? No, it just started to hurt when you started to pray for me. He said, that's a spirit of infirmity. Every time it's going to be a spirit of infirmity. It's not. Now, why is that? It, it wasn't a shoulder damage. It was actually a spirit of infirmity that, w- that would connect to any part of the body that the person would let it connect to, so to speak. I don't know if I said that right, but you get the idea. It's a spirit. The circumstance didn't matter. The spirit just needed an environment. You move, remove it from this, it goes to that. What I've noticed when I'm under a spirit of fear, if I'm not fearing one thing, I start to fear another. And then if I'm not fearing that, I start to fear another. The circumstance doesn't matter. It's a spirit. The spirit of fear is just looking for the next thing for you to be afraid of. And that's yeah. often how intimidation is. Oh, I was intimidated yeah. about that. Now I'm intimidated about this. When you start to notice that, that's a spirit. The same way as the spirit of the Lord, regardless of circumstance. Oh, it's about to get good. Look at what he's doing over here. He's worthy of praise over here. It's the same thing. The Holy Spirit causes every circ- influences every circumstance. And I think that what's happening with this, with this spirit of fear, with this spirit of of lack, you know, all of that sort of thing. You'll notice if you're struggling with that, this is just a word of wisdom for someone. If you're struggling with that, it won't matter the circumstance. You'll find a new thing to be afraid of. If that's the case, realize that now we can switch into a different spirit, the opposite spirit, where we're we're starting to expect the goodness of the Lord in every situation. So let's finish with this. Please. Because it sums up what you just said. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures from from my from a long time is is Proverbs three, verse five and six, mm-hmm. and what it sets out 
is this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Now, we, we know when fear hits, uh, you become often quite illogical because, mm-hmm. you know, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So uh, now verse 6 says this. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. It makes a difference what you acknowledge. Come on. Whatever you acknowledge, it will direct your path. Wow. And what he's saying is acknowledge him. Acknowledge his goodness. Be looking for what he's up to, his nature, what he has for you, because that's going to direct your path. That's so good. Right? And so what we're saying to people today is whatever you acknowledge, right? Whatever Mm. you acknowledge, it's going to direct your path. We have already established today that 2 Corinthians chapter Mm -hmm. 2, verse 11 says, don't be, uh, you know, unaware Mm -hmm. of what the enemy is up to, Mm -hmm. right? So there's a difference between being aware and there's a difference between possessing it and Mm -hmm. so therefore acknowledging that this mm-hmm. is what's determining your path. Yes. Right. So in the midst of it, we are aware this is what the enemy is up to, or this is fear, mm-hmm. or this is whatever else. In the midst of that, I'm looking for the goodness of God. Come on. Because I know the enemy is up to something here. I'm looking for the goodness of God. I'm looking for yes. what he's up to. I'm looking yes. for what how he's going to turn this together for good. I'm looking at it. And therefore, you disempower. Hmm that to direct your path. Yes, yes. Amen. Great. That's good. Well, Father, we bless people today who are listening to this right now or in the... We bless it with what we've said today. We Mm -hmm. bless it with the ability to, to look for the goodness of God in the land of the living. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. You know, Father, we thank you for our strength and our courage and a boldness and a determination to go looking for the goodness of God in the land of the living. That's it. That's it. Yes. Amen. Amen. All right. Dave and Beth, thanks for your comments. Uh, what's coming up next? We're on next week. Uh, Nathaniel Naney this Friday, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might be out of town, so I don't know if they'll they'll be on or not uh, this Friday. And uh, what do you have any more Life of the Seer coming up? No, not this week. Uh, okay, it'll, it'll be the following week. Yeah, we head into our, possibly our last one. Okay, so it's, it's number ten. So uh, we'll see what else is going to come out of that. But yes, yeah. Well, otherwise, uh, we'll be back um, hopefully next week, and uh, we'll hope to be uh, you know. Chris is able to join us, and uh, I'm sure he'll be um, sharing all sorts of things that have happened in the barge. So, yeah, thanks, Peter. Very good. Really, good really been great to be with. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Okay, bye bye. Blessings. Bye.